All aboard! Okay, it's time for the Sunlight Express. Have everybody grab a seat. Uh, We do have a little skit for you this morning. Miss Joy Johnson is our VBS director, and I'm going to let her, y'all give her a hand. Thank you. She's put in 100,000 hours of preparation time, and she's going to, we're going to have a little introductory skit for our Vacation Bible School, and I'm going to let her introduce it. And so thank you, Miss Joy. Welcome to our preview of Vacation Bible School at Sunlight Express. Each summer, Tommy and Annie's grandfather sends them on an adventure, and we're about to find out what the adventure will be this summer, and we're going to spend it with them this week. So I'll let the skit begin. Hello, kids. Hi, Grandpa. Grandpa. I guess you're wondering what I surprise I have for y'all this summer. We are. When you called and said to come over because you had a surprise for us, we are so excited. Is it about what we're going to do for this summer? Yes, I just know it is, because last year we went on this amazing hot air balloon ride. This year, I know it'll even be even better. Maybe we could wrestle some wild animals or go on a pirate ship. Or it could even be a... It's going to be a train ride across the United States. A train ride across the United States. Yeah, I purchased y'all tickets on the Sunlight Express. It's an old model train that travels across the United States and makes a stop every day at a different place. And... uh you don't know what kind of adventures you might find there. Wow, that sounds exciting. Yeah, that's even better than wrestling wild animals. <laughs> well, before we start, we need to pack the most important things. Oh, yeah, our tickets. No, every trip needs to start with a prayer. Oh, yeah. Grandpa, will you pray for our trip? Amen. Let's gather right. Our most gracious, divine, heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, these young children, dear heavenly Father. Ask the Lord, just protect them on this trip this next week and show them the adventures of, of knowing God and loving God. And these things we ask it all in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, Annie, what are you going to pack? I don't know, but we better get started. Race you back to the house. Looks like Tommy and Annie are going to have a great adventure riding on this Sunlight Express. Come back tonight and join us at 6 o'clock. All right, that does sound exciting. I'm going to ask Brother Norman to come on back up here and our musicians to ease on up here. We're going to get started with our regular worship service now and uh, join in with the singing. I know Brother Norman appreciate the help. And uh, so y'all are the choir, and here's the choir leader. You noticed I got picked for the grandpa. I guess I'm the oldest one out here, isn't it? Turn now, though, Promised Land's old favorite, hymn number 97, I am bound for the Promised Land, first and last stanza. On Jordan's stormy banks I stand and cast a wishful eye.
Thank you, Brother Norman. I just want to, again, welcome everyone here. Hope that you came in in time to hear the Promised Land Quartet. They did an awesome job, as usual. And uh, I'm just, uh, I know, kind of thankful that uh, we just blessed with just a great day, great weather. It's all been good. And yes, next year, 150 years, if we just give you a little preview, Lord willing, we will have every living pastor here that's ever been at Promised Land that's alive today, and of course alive next year, uh, back here at Promised Land to celebrate 150 years of being here in this community. That's just a sneak peek of some of the things we're going to be trying to do for next year's homecoming. Uh, so be in prayer for that event. Go ahead and open your Bible, Second Kings chapter 4. Kind of continuing along with the series, this homecoming morning, it is well. That's what I want you to be able to say uh, today. It is well with my soul. It is well in my life right now. If you know Jesus as your Savior, Brother Emmett mentioned that several times, knowing Jesus as your Savior helps immensely how much emphasis could you put on that, that you could be able to say, it is well with my soul. You know, you could even say, it is well with my life, if you're not saved, but you would never be able to say, it is well with my soul, if you're not saved. How could you say that, if you're not saved? If, in other words, when I say, if you're not saved, what does that mean? You've never invited Jesus Christ to be your Savior. You've never realized, number one, nobody can be saved without realizing they are a sinner. You've got to realize why you need a Savior. Then you ask Him to be your Savior. Many people have asked Him differently. Some have asked Him with their eyes open. Some have asked Him with their eyes shut. Some have asked them with their head bowed. Some have asked them standing up on their knees. It doesn't matter your position as far as your posture. It doesn't, I've seen people have been saved going down the road. People have been saved standing up. People have been saved. What did they do? What does that mean? Getting saved, being saved. It's a term that many of you have used all your life. And knowing that term, I don't want to take it for granted. Somebody may not know what that means. And that means you've prayed at some point in your life, realizing that you're a sinner in need of Him, and you want to go to heaven, you realize He's the only way. And so you ask Him to be your Savior. You ask Him to come into your life to save you. Well, there's a woman here and that has a neat, neat life. A very, very unique lady. And uh, we're going to talk about, her name is not mentioned. She's just known as the Shunammite woman. I want to ask everybody to stand for the reading of God's Word. There you go. You say uh, you're getting your exercise up, down, up, down this morning. That's fine. That's okay. Second Kings chapter 4, beginning with verse 17. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, uh, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to a lad, Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up 
and laid him on the bed of the man of God, and shut the door upon him and went out. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men, and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither a new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward, slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. And so she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass, when the man of God saw her afar off, he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she said, or answered, It is well. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you can make it well in our lives today. If there's anybody here that's not well in their life, in their heart, that you would work and you would let them know exactly what you want them to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for respecting and honoring the word, reading of the Word of God. And uh, it is very powerful. And looking at this woman real quickly, we notice four things. And uh, it's all right there in your bulletin for you. <clears throat> this, this is a neat lady. Now, many in all the churches I've pastored, I've met some really, really uh, neat ladies that really love preaching and the Word of God. And then I've also, and I have to be honest with you, in almost 30 years of ministry, I've met some ladies who want to tear up and rip up the Word of God. Matter of fact, they want to do more damage to the Word of God. And they thought it was all well and good because mainly they want to get their way. And uh, matter of fact, in all the troubles that I've had in churches, and uh, it's 99%, and I don't mean this male or female, but has always been a woman, usually attacking in the foyer. Mm-hmm. I've always asked people, since when I came here to Promised Land, I said, if you ever have anything against me, if, any, if I ever, and usually it's one of two things, and it's this way with my wife, and it's this way with all my church members. It's usually the preacher, if I make anybody upset or angry, it's usually this, either I didn't do something that they wanted me to do, or I did something they didn't want me to do. Well, that kind of covers it all, doesn't it? Okay? And uh, so, but if, you, if I ever do something that you don't want me to do, or I've not done something you want me to do, just see me after church, two places. Number one, not right before I preach, and not in the foyer, ever. Please, okay? That, that's just uh, that's the worst place in the world. I'm trying to meet and greet everybody and say hi and be nice and put on a smile like you always expect me to do. But I never mind listening to criticism. I've listened to criticism my whole life. And guess what? Until Jesus comes, that will happen, okay? So that's just part of life. Well, I had to say that because that's what makes this woman so special. It's because in spite of all the ins and outs of people that want to either build things up or tear things down, this lady was a neat lady. You know, as she looked at this man of God and this preacher, 
You know what she told her husband? She Instead of saying and criticizing his sermons or this or that, she said, you know what, this fella, he is a really neat guy. Matter of fact, he's called to preach. Not only that, I love love his preaching. I love God and I, I believe this woman was saved. She loved the Lord. She She had some things here and we were going to look at four things really quick. Number one, we're going to look at this woman here and she had an awesome, she wanted to help in, we call that a ministry. Did you know any of us can minister? You can serve others. Next, we're going to look at how she wanted to be a mom. She was not a mom. And she wanted, of all things, the greatest thing that you can do is to raise kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The third point that I've titled there is called, is a very, very sad time. Did you know all in life? I guarantee you. Every one of you in this room, if you're of any age, have experienced heartache. You've experienced times of depression, doubt, discouragement. All of you have been discouraged. And she has what I call a mortality. One of the worst things that could ever happen to a mom is to lose a child. Then the last point, she had a miracle. Now those are the four points. Now let's look at them really quick. A ministry, beginning with verse 8. It says here this, as a matter of fact, notice what the Bible says about this. I mean, this is what I would love for it to say about my wife or my children. I've got two daughters and a son. I've got, I mean, think about it, what God would record. Literally, folks, I believe the Word of God is going to be forever. Matter of fact, if the Word of God says it's going to be forever. And guess what it says forever? It says this was not only a woman, but what does it say in verse 8? She was a great woman. A great woman. What, what does that mean? This means basically this. This woman loved the Lord. This, oh, by the way, this does not mean that this was a perfect woman. She was not perfect. She had her faults. Guess what? Everybody has their faults, this woman. But she wanted to minister. She wanted to help. Folks, every one of you, this is it. This is the whole point of life to bring honor and glory to God. And she wanted to bring honor and glory to God. And she says, how can I do it? I want to help this man of God out. I want to help this preacher out. She told her husband, hey, let's have a building project. Oh, by the way, anytime you minister, it's sacrifice. It's sacrifice. Guess what? It costs them money to feed this guy and his servant Gehazi. It costs them money to add on to the room, to make another bed, to make another light, to have extra uh, stuff available. And so she said to her husband, in verse 8 through 10, they came up with this awesome ministry, this awesome time to help others. Let us make a little chamber. Notice the thought in it. It wasn't just, hey, give him an extra hundred bucks and tell him to build his own room. (laughs) Uh, It was, let's build it for him. Let's help him out. Now, I say that there's been a, a lot of people that have helped us out. And I want to go ahead and say this in a ministry. Every church, every church, including Promised Land, is made up of good people, great people, people that, matter of fact, there's many people in Promised Land that have served for years and years without any pats on the back, 
without much notoriety. And, every, and we try to, and I mean, as the promise land is very good. We try to recognize people and honor people and give people pats on the back and encouragement. We try to do that and thank the Lord. This woman, she did this, I believe, without expecting a whole lot of anything. Matter of fact, she never really asked for anything. And I think Elisha noticed that. And that brings us to our next point real quick. And that is, hey, is there something we can do? And if you begin with verse 11. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned in the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Hey, uh, could you go get that Shunammite woman? And uh, he called her, and she came by, or came down, or whatever. And he said, Hey, say unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. Now, that's an interesting statement right there. Now, what is to be done for thee? Would it be spoken for to the king or to the captain or the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi said, well, Guess what? She's never had a child, and her husband's old. And he said, Call her. And he called her, and he stood in the door. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And notice her response. And basically, country boy terminology, don't be pulling my leg. (laughs) Don't be, what are you doing? Don't be, are you joking? Don't be kidding around. This is serious business. This lady, I mean, she wanted of all things, I think she wanted a child. And to be blessed with a man-child that would carry on the family name was even greater blessing. And that's what she received. She received a boy. And that, so that she wanted to be a mom. Uh, yesterday, while coming back through uh, <clears throat> Little Rock, coming from Branson, we was coming back through and had every, all of our timing down. We had to swing by Mardell's and pick up a few items and a few last-minute little things that we needed from Hobby Lobby, which was right there in the same little shopping center. Went into Mardell's, and and uh, there's a great writer, and uh, like Brother Emmett, that first name has left me, but his last name is Dr. Layman, and he's a great writer on raising kids, teenagers, everything. I picked up this awesome book. I was looking through it, and, uh, and I'm always... And all of us should want, any, especially y'all have kids at home, any tips that work are good tips, okay? Any tips you could use are always helpful. I'm looking through, and if I can find something I can share, even greater. And I'm going to end up, uh, I'm going to uh, read it and peruse it real quick, and then I'll donate it to the library. And uh, it was on sale. I try to buy all my books on sale. It's a great book. Anyway, I think it's Kevin Lehman, but... One of the points was this, raising kids to stay on the Lord's team. You know, to stay, to do, to have kids that are interested in the Lord is the biggest thing. You can raise kids to love anything. You can raise kids to love golf, to love fishing, to love hunting, to love whatever. You can raise kids, especially around here in Ashley County, to do a lot of things, but the greatest thing you can do is to raise them to love the Lord. And that, that's a, it's a tremendous accomplishment to be able to do that. And of all things, she took pride 
in raising this child. She was excited. Don't kid me about it. I want I, that would be a tremendous blessing, and I take it serious. Take your role as parents serious. Talk to your kids. Invest in your kids. Discuss. Don't be afraid of the hard subjects, folks. Remember this. Remember this statement right here. With your kids, your friends, or whomever, family members, sometimes the right thing to do is the hardest thing to do. You say, well, I really, it's uncomfortable talking to my child about that. That means it's probably the right thing to do. It's, it's uncomfortable to talk to my friend about this. That may mean it's the right thing to do. You may feel uncomfortable, but if you don't, Somebody else, if you don't feed them the truth, somebody else will feed them a lie. Okay? They're going to believe something. May they believe you. May you, your truth be based on the Word of God. Well, beginning in verse 18, we read about this mortality already. Now, <clears throat> this is where we get to the title of the message. Whenever something happens in your life, and this basically we read the Scripture covering the mortality, the third point. Whenever a tragedy occurs, whenever something goes wrong, whenever the wheels fall off your life, whenever you are just... Life is... Folks, all of you have had a moment in life like this. It could be a week or a day or whatever. A moment, a minute, where all the wheels fall off your plans. Life is going great. Then all of a sudden, this breaks down. Have you ever seen this? It, it, something goes wrong. And then all of a sudden, it leads to something else going wrong. One of the, uh, you know, I, I can do. One of the things I hate. I can do it, but I hate it. And that's plumbing. Because, doing plumbing, Brother Herbert, whatever you're working on, whatever it's attached to, breaks. I mean, whenever you're wrestling with something that's been been working good for 15 years, and you go to, oh man, then it starts leaking and the gasket blows and that, and then, okay, now I've got to take it apart. And you take this wrench and this wrench because you got to back it up. And then you go to, I only want that one piece unloosened, but whatever it's attached to is going to turn or twist and break. And that's just the way life is. Something's going wrong here. And all of a sudden, whatever it's attached to breaks. I've got a falling out with my child. I've got a falling out with my relative, a family member. And then all of a sudden, there's two more, three more, and the wheels fall off. Now, how can you say when everything goes haywire, it is well with my soul? Whenever, in Genesis, whenever Abraham was asked to sacrifice Isaac, we don't know what he was thinking in Genesis. It is only later in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 do we find that God reveals what he was thinking. He, number one, it says he believed God that even He was able to raise His Son from the dead. 
Because he said, I believe God said this is the promise. This is the promised seed. The whole earth is going to be blessed from the loins of Isaac. And this woman here, we don't see into her mind, but she went up, notice what she did whenever the child died in her lap. She picked the child up and took the child and laid him on the prophet's bed. She said, God, this prophet is a prophet of God. Number one, she believed that. Number two, she said, if anybody can help, this prophet, this preacher can. And she went to him, I think, not just maybe to raise her son up, but maybe for an answer because she said, don't joke around with me if you're going to give me a son Don't be pulling my leg. Don't be fooling around. This is serious business. She said it's going to be all right. She told her husband, and her husband just basically said this, when it said new moon or Sabbath moon, it's not a day of worship. It's not a festival or a feast, and it's not a Sabbath. So why are you bothering the preacher? It's not his normal business hour, so to speak. It's going to be all right, husband. You know, to a lot of guys and, and, and husbands, wives, many of you already know this. This makes your marriage much more happier when you realize this. Number one, did you know that guys and girls are not wired the same? If you haven't realized that by now, your marriage is going to get a whole lot better when you do, Okay. Most women are wired to their heart. And most guys are wired to everything but their heart. They have, we have one. And some are more soft-hearted than others. But you realize that God wired us different. He's the maker of it. He made us this way. Well... What did that guy do? He was upset, but he was, I think he was like a lot of guys. He was trying to hold it all in. He was trying to be, and he just accepted facts as facts. He said, why trouble the preacher? And she says, I'm going to him. Load me up. Get the cart out here, the wagon, get the mules, get it all. I mean, we're going to see the preacher. He said, why? It's going to be all right. And she told that servant, she said, I want you to put it in high gear overdrive and don't let off the throttle till we get there. Look at it. It's what it says. Matter of fact, they were stirring up so much dirt coming up the road. <laughs> Elisha said, isn't that Shunammite woman? Uh, Gehazi, I, um, you know, Elisha... Gehazi, I must have been a lot quicker. He said, you, you go check. See if everything's okay with her, with her husband, with her son. Is it well? Folks, to you, listen to me very closely. There may be somebody looking for a miracle this morning. The mortality is something's died. Folks, 
you won't receive a miracle. You know what a miracle is? A miracle is when God sets aside natural laws and he works. And if you want a miracle in your life, you know what? Something may have to die for God to work in your life. A mortality. Maybe this morning, the mortality needs to be your desires. Maybe the mortality this morning needs to be what, just stop trying to say what, what would Brother Michael do? Put your own name there. What would, what would I do? Don't, it doesn't matter. It's not about what we want. It's what does God want? The mortality may be selfishness, anger, bitterness, hatred. I mean, so many times we can let something Come between us and God. But the Paul said this, I crucify the flesh. What does that mean? I let it die daily. He said, I crucify the flesh. Why? So that others can see Jesus in me. And that may be what you need to crucify, kill, allow Him to kill it. Kill what? Our flesh. Our desire. The desires of our flesh. The miracle. And uh, she said, it is well. And she came to the man of God. I'm in verse 27. But Gehazi came near and thrust her away. And the man of God, notice this is a neat verse in verse 27. Leave her alone for her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. See, the preacher did not know what was going on. You know what this tells me? And it's something that I've been able to practice, but I want all of you to practice too. When you see somebody making a decision. And you see somebody that's life is messed up. Would you please withhold your judgment on them? And don't talk to anybody else about them. Did you see so and so? Did you see the comment they made on Facebook? Which, by the way, if you're having problems, one of my pet peeves, don't put them on Facebook. <laughs> don't don't air it out for everybody to see. If you're going to air it out, air it out to Jesus. Post it on His prayer wall, His bulletin board. Use Facebook for positive things. Share good news. And don't put a gossipy prayer request out there. We need to pray for so-and-so because I think that this may be happening to them. (laughs) Why don't you go to them and pray with them personally? Well, guess what? This tells me, it tells me I may see something. and I may say, well, I wonder what's going on. I see Willard, something's happening in his life. I don't know. I don't need to talk to... About Willard to any of y'all, I need to go speak to Brother Willard. Cathead, as many of you know him. 
You see what I mean? That's just a simple example. Talk to people, not about. See, he did not know the whole story. He didn't. And so he said, hey, listen, don't, don't, don't be doing that to her. She's upset. And it goes on. And she's, she says, I said, don't deceive me in verse 28. My son's died. So they both took off quickly to sum up this story. And Elijah, Elisha went in. And I look at verse 30. And I love this. I put an outline there for you. A mom who is determined. The mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I am sticking with you. You're not going to outrun me. You're not leaving me. We're going to go home. Please, is there anything you can do? And folks, whenever you have that kind of determination for your children, you'll be able to say, even if they mess up, hey, listen to me very closely, even if your children mess up, fall away, fall back, backslide, go off into whatever, if you've done all you can do, you'll be able to say, it is well with my soul. You say, I don't see how that's possible. She didn't either. How? Let me ask you real quick. If a woman, this woman here, can lose a child and through the strength and the mercy of God say, it is well. It's going to be alright. Hey, listen. Did you know you can do this? You can be hurt you can be grieving and still say it is well. There is a difference. The grieving is part of life. And the hurt is always with the flesh. But in the soul, you say, I don't know how. I don't know how, but God He's going to work this out. He's going to bring something good out of it. I don't know how. Please, God, let me be there for the miracle. As we prepare for a hymn invitation, would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Father, this morning, there's somebody here that's struggling. There's somebody here that's going through a rough time in their life. Uh, Maybe they're just, the wheels are starting to fall off and they're just trying to figure out how to say, whoa. And they don't realize that maybe you've allowed it for a reason. So they realize that we are not in control of our lives, but you are. When the wheels fall off and we can't steer it anymore, Dear Lord, please take control. May we put our life in Your hands. In order that You may be the King of our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. As we all stand... As they sing, just come. Just come right now if you need to pray.